Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. I want you to let that sink in a minute. For too long, we think that Jesus came to forgive us our sins so that when we die, we go to heaven. That is part of it. But what are you supposed to do in the meantime? Eternal life begins, begins, not when you die, but when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. You receive the gift of eternal life. And that et- what makes that life eternal is because it's of high quality. The highest quality produces quantity. We've heard, we've heard this around uh, many, many times. This is one of the greatest lies that we could ever believe, that quantity produces quality. It does not. Quality produces quantity. None of you would buy a shoddy product just because there was an abundance of it, because it makes it cheap. Right? You buy quality And therefore, everybody wants it because it's quality. But it costs a high price for that quality. Jesus came to give us his quality of life, not what we deserve. Okay? And so I want you to to understand some things right here. We're investigating. We're studying. We're applying ourselves to this new way of living, to understand it, uh, how would I say, implement it into our lives. And when we do, we get a quality of life in that area that we could not produce by ourselves. And it's called the renovation of thinking and reasoning and uh, acting, believing, all those things, and then we get the results. Jesus came for us to live a supernatural life. Not a natural life, a supernatural. When we think of natural, we're thinking in terms of, uh, of, of uh, what is natural. What we call natural is not natural in heaven. Are you, are you understanding that? How many of you understand there are no mosquitoes in heaven? Bloodsuckers. There is no mosquitoes in heaven. Okay? So it's, we're talking about a supernatural life. A life that is such superior superiority to the standard of life in this world system. I got to get into this. We're going to talk about today applying... The law of faith. Let me get us all on the same page so we're all thinking the same, okay? I got to get you in this mode of thinking so that we can get to an understanding of it. The number one thing that you need to understand about God, it's his nature, it's his character, it's who he is. The first thing you need to understand, God is not chaotic. He's not confused. He's not frustrated. 
All of those things that come through fallen human nature, he didn't, that's not him. Okay? So the first thing you need to understand is that the first law or principle, if you would, of God is order. Order is established by laws. Now, the purpose of a law is a, a law simply is a truth, a principle based on truth that establishes proper procedure of a system. Now, what is a system? It's an orderly method. Everybody say orderly. There's an orderly method. Do you know there's an orderly method to a church service in the New Testament? Paul established that in the New Testament. There is an orderly. He said, I am writing this letter to you, and I'm paraphrasing it, to put things in order. And he was really talking to a, a really can I, <laughs> carnal-minded body of believers. First and second Corinthians, read it for yourself. He said, I'm putting, writing this letter to establish order. Too many times Pentecostal charismatics think for number one that the Holy Spirit is a feeling. It's not, he's not a feeling, he's the person of Christ. Now, it changes the, he changes the way you feel when you allow him to take leadership in your life. But, and, and the purpose that Jesus gave his spirit to us was so that he could teach us to live the quality of life that he paid for. Furnishing us with the ability to do so. Okay. Too many charismatic Pentecostals, if you would, and, I, and so I'm, I'm picking on them because I was raised in it. Okay. Think that the Holy Spirit is nothing more than a feeling. And so they, you just never know what God's going to do. And so they're waiting, they're waiting for an emotional attack of the Holy Spirit to act on God's word. When in reality, that is the opposite. That is the opposite of the way it functions. Let me put it another way. How many of you understand that electricity has laws that govern that system? A violation of those laws will cause you death. Whether you meant to or not, doesn't matter. That's why we can't be ignorant. We have to, be, we have, to have respect and regard. Now, when we respect and regard the system that governs, uh, I mean, the, the system of electricity and the laws that govern it, guess what? We get benefit. We're here today because of the benefit of electricity. You understand the Internet's not going to work if we don't have electricity. Okay, so I'm just putting it in modern terms. Yet, nobody, you would think you have lost your mind if somebody came up to these sockets and stuck their fingers into the outlet on the wall just so they could get 
a buzz. That, my friend, is what charismatics and Pentecostals have done. And that is not the purpose at all. You would be out of your mind to do that. Okay, now, will I feel something if I did that? Sure, because that electricity has power. Has what? Power. But that power, that energy, that force, has laws that govern it. So it can, we can use it properly. If we don't use the law of faith, then the law of Christ cannot be triggered. Christ, the Bible says very plainly, and I'm going to use it in this terminology, the law of Christ is the power of God. There's a verse in the New Testament. It says, Christ is the power of God. And that word power means dunamis. It's a Greek word, dunamis, which we get our English word dynamite from. In other words, it's explosive ability. But the law of faith must be operated in to trigger that law. Now, the law of faith, listen carefully, the law of faith, is only activated by another law, and that is the law of love. Now listen very carefully. The law of love is not your love for God or your love for another. The law of love is God's law of his love for us. If you don't believe that God loves you, you're going to have a hard time receiving from him. In fact, I'm going to go so far to say you probably won't receive from him. You'll probably reject it. That's what's wrong with the world. They haven't come to the conclusion yet that God loves them. And they're full of bitterness. And guess what they need? It was talking about, you know, Adam and Eve. When they sinned in the garden, what did they do? They played the blame game. They blamed each other, but you know who else they blamed? God. Because they didn't believe any longer that God loved them. Are you understanding? And guess whose fault it was that they didn't believe that? It was their action that put them in shame so that they would, wouldn't believe God's love. You understand? So these laws are not random. They are orderly. And when we get more understanding on them, we can use them properly to have the outcome that God is divine, uh, designed in the new creation system. There is a worldly system. That worldly system is a violation of all of the laws of God's system. Are you following me? You know what the kingdom of God is? Where God rules. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says you get born into that kingdom. 
You're of another, you are of another birth. And now you're a new creation in that kingdom. Every kingdom has laws that govern it. Wow, I'm getting way ahead of myself. We're going to apply the law. Before this service is over, we're going to apply the law of faith. We're going to apply it. I'm going to talk a little bit about application, and then we're going to go right into the scriptures. If we don't apply something, then having it does you no good. Let's suppose that you had built, we're talking about build now, okay? You had built a, a, a new house, and in the process of building a new house, how many of you know every house has to have some paint? No? Well, I guess we could do it with all rock. But a lot of people paint rock. <laughs> you know there's a, there's a little town in Texas called Paint Rock? Oh, well. I don't mean that to tell you. But here's my point. Suppose that you had already built this house. It's come time to paint it. You have the paint paid for, you have the brushes, you have the drop cloths, you have the rollers, you have everything. But how many of you understand? Until you apply the paint, it ain't painted. <laughs> the drywall is still going to look the same. You have to apply it. It means putting it in operation making it where it, it leads theory now into application. So we're going to apply the law of faith. We're going to learn how to apply the law of faith for everything we receive from God has to come through this law. It didn't come any other way. Do you know that the law of faith, does, it qualifies you when applied, and if not applied, you get disqualified. It's called just or righteousness or, you know what I mean? You, you are just before God to receive what he said. Let me go to some scripture that will help you. And I'm going to read the, these, these scriptures for time's sake. For time's sake, I'll be reading them out of the Amplified, the, uh, what's that one you read out of the zone? zone? The Passion Translation. Thank you. And we're going to read them out of there for time's sake, because I want to get, get, get as quickly as we can for understanding. In the book of uh, Romans, chapter 4, verse 27, 28, and 31. We'll read it, guys, out of the Amplified first. Okay? We got it? Can we, can we get it? I can't see y'all. Amen. Okay, it's up here. All right. Romans chapter 3, verse 27, and this is the Amplified. Right? Okay. Then what becomes of our pride and our boasting? Is it excluded, banished, ruled out entirely? On what principle? Or what law, could we say, 
on the law, the observation of the law has nothing to do with just justification. Now, let me go back. I didn't read that good. Let me go back and read it again. That, what, then what becomes of our pride and our boasting? Is it excluded, banished, ruled out entirely? On what principle? On the principle of doing good deeds? No, but on the principle of faith, or the inter, inter, interchangeable word here would be law, okay? Go to the next verse. For we hold that a man is justified and made upright by the law of independent, independent of and distinctly apart from good deeds or the works of law. We're said another way, the law of works. Okay? There is a law of works. You know, how many of y'all operate the law of works? If you don't raise your hand, you're lying. Every one of us are justified by the law of work to get a paycheck. Okay? Right? Now, if you're a socialist, you want to violate that law. And it creates chaos in a system. Okay? But God says through the law of works, you're not qualified for, for the lifestyle he's talking about. It has to be by another law. Independent of and distinctly apart from the deeds, works of the law, the observation of the law has nothing to do with justification. It was never designed to justify you. Never. But yet we're misusing the law of works to try to get justified in the eyes of God. Everybody with that? The wages, the wages, the wages, the wages. Let me put it another way. The paycheck. The wages of sin, the paycheck of sin is what? Death. So if you apply the law of works to get justified by God, you get a paycheck of death. Everybody here? The law of works was never intended to justify. It's a misappropriation of a law for another reason. Everybody with that? But the law of faith, was been, has been given to us to apply for justification. Go to verse 31, please. Do we then, by this law or this faith, the law of faith, make the law of works of no effect, overthrow it, make it a, deed, a dead letter? Certainly not. On the contrary, we confirm through the law of faith and establish and uphold the law of works. Now think about this for a minute. James puts it another way. James says that if you have faith and have no works, your faith is dead. The law of works 
is supposed to be used by the law of faith to justify you before God. You see, if you really believe that Jesus is Lord, from your heart, you are beginning the stages of the law of faith. But you must follow through with it in the law of works by confessing his lordship with your mouth. Are you understanding? Let's go to the Passion Translation using these same uh, verses. If you can get, go there, guys. Verse 27. All right. Then what becomes of our pride and our boasting? Is excluded, banished, ruled out entirely. On what principle? On, we, that's the Amplified. I need the Passion. Okay. Can you give me the Passion? All right, maybe you didn't get it. Who's got a book? All right, give it to me, guys. He's got it up here now? Okay. Where then is the room for boasting? Do our works bring God's acceptance? Not at all. It was not our works of keeping the law, talking about the law of works, but our law of faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. Verse 28, so our conclusion is this, God's wonderful declaration that we are righteous in his eyes can only come when we put our law of faith in Christ and not in keeping the law of works. Verse 31, All right. Okay. Does emphasizing our faith invalidate the law of works? Absolutely not. Instead, our law of faith establishes the role of the law of works that it should rightfully have. What is that? To help you to know through the law of operating in faith and when you're out of faith. How many of you, when you started a skill, never messed up? Not a single person in here. I don't know of ever learning anything, ever learning anything, that in the process of learning it, I didn't make a mistake. So the law of working a theory is it's going to reveal when you violated that theory. See, let me put it another way. It's only a theory until it becomes a skill. It only becomes book knowledge until it becomes a way of life. But you have to start with book knowledge so it can be imparted are applied to a way of life. In the process of changing it from book knowledge now to actually a way of life, it has to be applied. That's what James was saying when he says, if you think you have faith and don't have works or corresponding action to that faith, then your faith is dead. 
being alone. Are you following me? But when you get the law of works ahead of the law of faith, you're unqualified. Everybody with me? Okay. Let's go to another one. Go with me to the book of uh, Galatians chapter 3, verses 11 through 14. We'll read all of the rest of them out of the Passion Translation. Look at this. For the Scripture reveals, for the Scriptures reveal, and it is obvious, that no one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep, and I'm going to paraphrase here, the law of works. For it was written, those who have been made holy will live by what? The law of faith. I'm intertwining it, okay? But keeping the law of works does not require faith. It does not require the law of faith. But self-effort. For the law of works teaches. It does what? What does it do? It teaches you something. If you practice the principles or the truths of the law of works, you must follow all of them. Now, let's go back to developing skill. Let's suppose now you have book knowledge and now you're applying it. As you apply it, you're developing skill, and you got, let's say there are 10 points to develop this skill. And uh, you begin to apply them, and you got down to number five, and you missed that wall that would develop the skill. Are you following? Question. Did you develop the skill? No, because you missed a point. You missed number five. And you could get all the rest of them right. So you could not, you could not have the skill developed. That means you got to go back and redo all of that until you can get it right. Are you following me? Now listen carefully. This is, pay attention right here. Jesus did not come to do away with the law of works. That's what has been taught when we talk about grace. Listen carefully. He came that the righteousness of the law of works might be fulfilled in us. Now listen carefully. Where? In us. Not an outward skill, but an inward Ness. To do so, we have to have a new nature. We have to have a new reasoning. We have to have a different, uh, uh, we have to be a completely made over creation from the inside out. Are you, are you, are you with me? The law of works, which was meant to help you distinguish moral law on the outside. But grace came along, the real teacher, 
Not just, listen carefully, grace is Jesus. Neither mentioned that earlier. Grace is Jesus. It's his influence. No one is out committing sin being influenced by God at the same time. Totally impossible. Listen to me. You can't be influenced by the Holy Spirit and be reading a pornography. Are you, are you listening? Okay. You cannot be influenced by the Holy Spirit and go over here and, and, and bear false witness. See, the church has played too many games too long. We've not understood this. Listen, what I'm telling you is taking decades for God to get it in my little thin, skinny brain. Okay? See, grace is God's influence upon the heart. And the reflection of that in influence, if we could say it in one, on the external part of your life. So if you're having a relationship with the great teacher, he begins to influence you, and the righteousness of external moral law begins to be written upon the table of your heart and being fulfilled in your life. Are you following me? The law of faith is how you receive from God which activates the power of God for this to happen. Are you following that? And if there is no law of faith applied, then the power of God, the source to fulfill the law of works is not available. So here we are trying to fulfill the law of the, the standards of God with our own effort. And God says, you're not qualified. You're misusing the law. Anybody with me? Y'all still love Jesus now? Okay. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Okay. Uh, I didn't read all of that. Verse 12. But keeping of the law does not require the law of faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches, the law of works teaches, if you practice the principles of the law of works, you must follow all of them. Verse 13, yet Christ paid the full price to set us free, watch this, from the curse of the law of works. He, he came to do what? Free from what? Listen carefully. He didn't say free from the law of works. He said from the law, the curse of that law. Fallen human nature always misapplies the word of God. And it's contrary to the laws of God. And is not subject to the laws of God. And neither indeed can be. Because it does not understand God. That's why you have to have a personal relationship. Are y'all following this? I don't know about you, but this is exciting. Because it, it's never settled with me 
that people think that it's okay to violate the Ten Commandments. It is not. It's a misuse of those laws that get us in trouble. If you sow to your flesh, you're going to have the flesh reap what? Corruption. But if you sow to your spirit, you shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. What's he talking about? Only the great teacher, and that was, if you want to know the truth, I want to give you a truth right here you need to grab. Pay attention. The purpose of salvation, the purpose of forgiving you your sins, is so God could justify giving you his spirit. If getting you to a place called heaven was the goal, then the, per the best thing God could do for you and the rest of us is the moment you made Jesus the Lord of, life, of your life is turn to the angels, Scotty, beam them up before they screw up. This didn't happen, did it? Why? Why? Why didn't it happen? Because the purpose of cleaning the container is so when the substance that is pure and holy won't be contaminated by the container. Wow. All right, we, we're still not finished reading all this. Look at this. Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it. What is it? The curse completely as he became a curse in our place, for it is written, cursed is everyone that, uh, uh, which is hang upon a tree and is doubly cursed. Now, when you misapply a law, when you misapply the law that governs electricity, you get electrocuted. What did Paul and human nature do? Misapply the law of works. And guess what happened? We got electrocuted. We died to God. Are you following that? Now, that law is good and holy, the Bible says, that governs that, but we misuse it because we're through a fallen human nature, reason like fallen human nature. And we're over here trying to figure out a holy God when we're unholy. Till, some, till people don't even believe there is a God. Are, are, you, are you here? Glory to God. It's going to get really exciting now. Go with me uh, to verse 14. You got, do we have it up there? Maybe I miswrote mis it. All right, let's go to another one now. Let's go to another one. Go with me real quickly to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Passion translation. Hebrews 10, 38. Look at this. And he also says, my righteous ones will live, watch this, from my faith. Did you get that? Man, we're not talking about human confidence. We're talking about living from his faith. 
Glory to God. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. Glory to God. This is a new way of living, folks. Go with me while, while we're there to Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6. And I'll attempt to try to read all six verses. Passion translation once again. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. Let me back it up. We're using the term law of faith. Now the law of faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation, becomes the foundation, becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So the law of faith is all that is required to prove that the unseen realm can become reality. The law of faith. Okay? Verse 2. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see what the universe was created and beautifully, watch this word, coordinated by. Coordinated. It, it talks about orderly. The power of God's words. Let me read it together. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. God's word is not empty rhetoric. It has substance in it. He spoke and the, the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Man, that's powerful. Because it was an empty rhetoric. Before I read the rest of this, I want to make sure. Every law governs the new creation. Every law. God himself operates. That's right. He never requires anything from you that he himself doesn't do. Now think about that for a minute. So when God says, the just shall live by faith, it's because God himself is just. And he says, this is what's going to qualify you. Do you know what qualifies God? He has faith in his words. Oh, man, you, you're going to have to meditate a little bit on that one. He doesn't tell you to love and forgive, and if he doesn't, he doesn't love and forgive. Everything, everything in the new creation is his way of living. And it brings order to your life. And listen, it brings peace and harmony to the soul. It absolutely causes you to live a standard of life that you can't live by yourself. What is, what is, what is disgusting is we, the body of Christ, think that we can live like the world and come here on Sunday morning and make up for it. 
faith moved, the law of faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous. Who did? God declared. Because of his offering of what? Faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he's long dead. Verse 5. Faith translated. I like that. The law of faith translated. It translated. Let me use another word you're familiar with in, in the book of Romans. The law of faith transformed. Are y'all with this? You apply the law of faith to transform your life. From your life to the life of Christ. Faith, the law of faith translated in it from his, this life, and he was taken up into heaven. And he never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because he from God promoted him. How many of listen, listen. I'm not just talking about physical. How many of you like to be translated from the old world system, which is unjust, unequitable, has no love in it, misusing and abusing? How many of you like to be translated from that system to the system that gives you the life of Christ. You do not have to wait until you leave this body for that to happen. Wow. Already God. Faith, the law of faith translated in it from this life, and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world system. Because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. Oh, my goodness. And without the law of faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. Now, I want to stop here just a minute. Without the law of faith living in you, you can show up to church every Sunday for eternity, and God still wouldn't be pleased with you. You know that there are unbelieving heathens that show up every Sunday? Most of them go to another church. There's one or two that should dare show up here. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not in your efforts to try, try to fulfill God's, God's laws in you. It's the nature. You, my dad used to say it this way. You know what makes the mockingbird sing? It's the nature of the bird. You don't have to go over there and keep telling that bird, sing for me. Sing, 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 bird, sing. You don't have to teach it to sing. It just automatically sings. That's what I'm talking about. 
It's called the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus. Wow. For we came to God in the law of faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the law of faith of those who passionately seek him. Now listen carefully. Pay attention right here. You got to pay attention. If you don't, you're going to miss this. The wages, the payday for using the law of works to try to get justified is sin and death. That's the wages, the payday. God does not use the word payday in this verse. He uses the word reward. He didn't say wages. He said reward. There is a reward for those who learn how to operate in the law of faith. It is a reward. And the reward, listen carefully, the reward is superiority to anything that you could work for. We use the law of faith now, listen carefully, I don't work to be accepted of God. I work now because I am accepted of God. I work the laws of faith. Are you understanding me? Man, that ought to make you excited. It's just like this. I listen very carefully what I'm fixing to say. Pay attention. I do not tithe to get God to bless me. I tithe because his blessings upon me. I am now become a partner with him by the law of faith. Now you understand what I'm talking about? Because people get, when they hear preachers, well, they just, they're going to talk about tithe. I knew they were going to talk about tithe. See, you're trying, you're getting into the law of works and you're thinking and you're missing the whole boat. God told them in the book of Malachi, he says, I am God and I change not. That's the only reason why you haven't been totally eradicated. He said, I don't change. In other words, God's grace and his mercy was still available. He said, now, quit robbing me. Malachi chapter 3, quit robbing me. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you think that you could stick a gun in God's ribs and say, give me what you have. So when he says you're robbing me, he's not saying that you can force me to give you anything. When he says you're robbing me, he said you're robbing me to, of taking what I've paid for by faith. You're trying to use the law of works to get it. He said, now repent and enter into a partnership with me through the tithe. And I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There ain't enough room to receive it. Do you understand the difference now? Thank you, Jesus. Trey made a statement a couple of Wednesday nights ago. And he made this statement, grace 
makes it. In other words, if it's made, it had to be God's influence. But the law of faith is what takes it to put it into operation in your life. You got to take it. Let me let me see if I can help you understand what we're talking about. Thank you, Jesus. If I have a hundred dollar bill in my hand and I want to give it to you, I want to do what? Give it to you. You didn't earn it. You probably don't deserve it. But just because I love you, I want you to have it. All right? Now, as long as you don't take it, you can go around bragging all you want to. You understand what I just said? You got to let that sink in. I worked for it. I did the work. I want you to have it. But you're still going to have to apply the law of works but you do it by the law of faith. If you believe that I want you to have it, and you believe what I said, you would now get your body into action. And you'd get up off of your blessed assurance, and you'd come up here and take it out of my hand. Are you understand what I'm talking about now? That's how the law of works is supposed to be applied through the law of faith. But when it's misused and you're over there saying, I don't deserve it. I didn't work hard enough for it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You're waiting for a wage. And God says, I want to give you a reward for believing me. Glory to God. Now listen to this. The law of faith is what triggers the law of Christ and puts it into operation. The law of Christ is the power of God. To get a miracle, is, it's, not, it's not some mysterious thing where you got to wake God up on the right side of the bed and you got to wonder today, is he on the, did he wake up on the right side of the bed? No, it's learning the law of faith and operating in the law of faith to put it in operation, applying. See, the law of faith it has to do with believing and acting. Okay? Faith has to be in two places, in your mouth and in your heart. Okay? Now, when... You first start off, that's why we want you reading the Bible. Faith, Romans 10, 10, 17. The faith of God comes by hearing the Word of God. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And you know who you need to hear the most? Yourself. Because you've heard yourself murmur and complain bellyache for all those years. And guess what you have? No faith in God. You got, you got faith in loving yourself without the love of God. And it's called selfish. 
okay? But when the love of God comes in your heart, you believe the love of God, that he loves you, then he's going to give you access to his faith. And when you first start off, just like Anita's saying, you get to the baguettes, and you start reading the baguette, those same empty words you're reading, you have no idea of what it means. You can't, I can't even pronounce those words. But when you start understanding the meaning of those names, it starts giving, sub- oh, that's why, that's why, that's why God put it in chronological order. Are y'all here? That's called study. You start reading it, and at first it has no substance to it. And guess what? You continue. As you continue, God starts helping you get understanding so you can apply that which you're reading. And your faith in him starts growing, and it grows on the inside of you. And as it grows up on the inside of you, your ugly self has to get out of the way. And quit trying to approach God based upon your cuteness. Because you ain't that pretty. Only the blood of Jesus applied to your life makes you look beautiful or handsome. Glory to God. And the more I apply this, the better I look every day. Zona's more in love with me today. She keeps telling me, if I hadn't married you, I'd marry you all over. At least I'm putting words in her mouth. All right. Now watch this. I, man, I wish I had two more hours with you. But watch this. Faith is the medium of exchange. A good friend of mine, Art, Pastor Art Aragon, made this statement years ago, and it's never left me. It's this. If you don't use the law of faith on purpose, then the law of faith has no purpose. I, I kind of paraphrase that. He put it like this. If you, don't use the law of, if you don't use faith on purpose, then the purpose of faith is lost. So you got to use it. This is how you receive from God. It's the medium of exchange. Exchange where? From the spirit realm that you cannot see to the physical realm you can see. It's the medium of exchange. Let's go back here just a minute. Do something again about the $100 bill. The $100 represents nothing if it's worthless. Who wants, you know, it wouldn't be no different than you taking a tablet piece of paper and writing 100 on it and giving it to somebody. If it cannot be exchanged for goods and services, then that paper means nothing. Are you following? Okay, the same thing is true. Many of God's people, with their understanding, have inflated the law of faith not to mean what it means. You understand? Until it has... When we use the word faith, most people have no idea what it means. They think it means human confidence. Human confidence is the most fickle thing in the world. Good thing Dallas last night 
kept their confidence up through the fourth quarter. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Y'all missed it. They won last night, by the way. But you never know if they're going to show up to play or not. Kind of like a lot of Christians I know. You never know if they're going to show up to mean business with God or not. And they want to know why they don't win the championship. They don't win the championship because you never know what they're going to do. The coach is always ready. Watch this. The law is a principle based on truth established for correct procedure and decision. This law of faith must be applied, and this is how you apply it. You start off and you don't believe it necessarily. But you use the law of hearing. And the person that you need to hear is yourself say it more than anything else. It's called the law of confession. What do we confess? We confess all the time how bad things are and how bad we are and how bad we feel and how bad our checkbook looks and how bad Pastor Ronnie is for preaching too long. All of our confessions based on murmuring, not muttering the Word of God. Then we want to know why that substance doesn't rise in us to take what Jesus paid for. So we have to begin to put the Word of God in our mouth until our heart gets full of it. So it becomes full and then the word, when we hear the word of God, we know that he means it. You follow me? Then when you speak it, there's a force behind it called the anointing or the power of Christ. So that when you speak, you speak now as if God would speak. And it has force behind it to bring it to pass. So it has to be in your mouth to get it into your heart so that when it comes out of your heart, it has substance in it. When it has substance in it, now it forces, listen carefully, the circumstances to bow down to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Are you all here? Jesus has given us the privilege to live this way. But it is a process of using the system so that you can be skilled in it. Oh, hallelujah. All right, now, anybody got any pain, physical pain in their body? You're hurting right now. Nobody? Yes? Okay. Lift your hands so I can see you. Okay. I want a believer. To lay hands on those that have their hands up. I want a believer. Someone would dare believe this. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe him, you'll lay hands on the sick. 
These signs shall follow them that what? Believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Glory to God. Hands have been laying on right now. We took the law of works and acted on the law of faith. Now we're going to speak it out of our mouths and virtue is going to flow from heaven and enter into your body. Father, right now, you see that we as a body of believers have laid hands on those that have ailments, aches and pains and, and diseases and sickness. We lay hands on them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Through the merits of the cross and the power of your resurrection, we speak to all manner of sickness and disease that's causing these pains and ailments. We speak to you and we command you in the name of Jesus to leave their body. Father, we thank you that virtue flows from heaven into their spirit, working a cure, driving out every symptom. Lord, we give you the praise in the name of Jesus. Now, those of you that had hands laid on you, lift your hands to heaven right now and begin to thank him. Your thanksgiving is telling him, I take it. Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, I am the healed. We followed your word. We followed the law of faith. We followed the law of action. And Father God, right now, we thank you. Glory to God that the power of God is flowing from heaven. And we are the healed. My body can't stay sick. It can't stay hurting. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Why don't you just jump to your feet right now? I know you want to give him a praise. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.